I'm in the big leagues, told them don't miss me. Ballin' like Houston, ayy, feelin' like Whitney. I need a bag, bruh, send it through quickly. I'm making his dog, like I'm in the big leagues. Told him that I gotta go, dog. I'm riding the road, y'all. I think that I'm back in my bag now. So I need that go, y'all. Got hits when he throwin' the fastball. Just too quick for it, peeling off like the whip orange. Seen the effort, this piss poor. I got too much, I gotta tend to. Car payments and the rent due. Told y'all that I'm six foot, but with the money. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Another Turnover, the basketball podcast where a basketball fan with zero basketball credibility gives his opinions on what's going on in the NBA. Opinions that nobody asked for. As always, I am your host, Mr. Chris Aaron Murphy, aka AA Ron. And ladies and gentlemen, Let's just jump right into it. Folks, we have quite a bit to talk about on this week's episode of Another Turnover. But first of all, hope you've had a good week. I hope it's been, you know, everything that you've imagined. I hope work didn't kick your butt too much. So um, let's let's get started. Let's jump right in. So we have to talk about probably the biggest news that has come out in the NBA so far this week. Let's talk about Kyrie Irving and the New York City vaccine mandate. So Kyrie Irving, as of today, Thursday when I'm recording this, but Friday when you're listening, Kyrie Irving has been cleared to play in Nets home games as New York New York Mayor Eric Adams alters the vaccine mandates. So now this means that New York-based performers and athletes can now receive vaccine except or can now receive private business exemptions when it comes to the vaccine mandate. So Kyrie Irving will be able to play in Brooklyn for the first time this season, this Sunday. So pretty exciting news. I I'm pull, have the CBS article pulled up here where basically says, this means that unvaccinated Brooklyn Nets guard Kyrie Irving will be eligible to play in home games starting with Sunday's game against the Charlotte Hornets at the Barclays Center. Um, so basically, you know, Adams has called it. He's, he's kind of given mixed signals, at least in my opinion, since... He's become mayor of New York City. Like before this, just uh, a few weeks back, he was, according to the article, was calling this, you know, players getting exemptions than other, you know, standard private citizens. He called it unfair and ridiculous that there are different standards for players on homes, on home and visiting teams. And on Thursday, he called it unimaginable. Um, so, which I, I misinterpreted his his quote, but. For that specific uh, sentence, he does have he does have a point. Like basically, with the New York City mandate that they had in place, you could have an unvaccinated player from somewhere else come play in the Barclays Center, but the unvaccinated player who's in New York City, based in New York City, couldn't play. And then you could have unvaccinated fans all over the stands, courtside, wherever they wanted. So. It definitely seemed, you know, kind of weird. It was kind of, kind of a bit odd. Um, but now with Kyrie Irving being able to be a full participant, I was looking at their schedule. So they have nine games left. There are nine games for their. Let me just make sure I want to do your. Yeah, nine games left in the Brooklyn Nets season. Um, their first game is going to be Saturday, so tomorrow. Um, against the Miami Heat, which I'm going to talk about them a little bit later as well. Um, but they've got Charlotte, Detroit, Milwaukee, Atlanta, Houston, New York, um, Cleveland, and Indiana. So not the toughest schedule, but not necessarily a cakewalk either. I mean, are they going to go 9-0 and for the rest of the season? Probably not, but um, it should be pretty interesting nonetheless. Now, like I said, with Miami, um, 
well, before I get to Miami, so with there being nine games left, I was doing uh, doing a little bit of the math. So the Brooklyn Nets right now are in the eighth spot in the Eastern Conference. They are two and a half games back from Toronto and a game ahead of Charlotte. So with that being the case, I mean, they've got a chance. They're, they could either have one play-in game if they finish eighth, or potentially, I guess they potentially could have two if they lose that seven-eight matchup. But as it stands right now, it let's say the play-in, you know, the playoffs started today, and the Toronto Raptors and the Brooklyn Nets met in the play-in. Toronto would have home court advantage. Kyrie Irving could not play in Toronto because unvaccinated players are not allowed to play in Canada, at least as of today, as of recording this. So, um, so let's say they end up getting the eight spot. Just hypothetically speaking, the playoffs were to start today. They get the eight spot and play Miami in the first round. I mean, I could see like they, they could the Nets could beat Miami with Kyrie Irving, but I definitely think it would be beneficial if they had Ben Simmons. Like if he is able to come back and you know be you know close to what he was, if not better, you know before before the playoff series with the Hawks because he was second in Defensive Player of the Year. So if he can be some version or semblance of that, I really really think it's going to help. Um, it would help Brooklyn, and they could not easily beat Miami in the first round, but I definitely think they have a legitimate shot of upsetting a number one seed in the first round. But like I said, Ben Simmons would definitely help them out. He's still out with a herniated disc. There is optimism for him to return for playoffs. Uh, the original optimism was that he would get you know some time during the regular season. I guess minor setbacks. They're potentially looking at a playoff run for him. But we'll see. It should be pretty interesting. But um, overall, Kyrie Irving is now able to play in home games in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. So so we get full-time Kyrie Irving back. That's great. Like, for the playoffs, it's great for fans. I always thought it was definitely going to be kind of weird because, like, let's say they had a had a Game 7 in Brooklyn, which they probably won't have home court advantage at all for the playoffs where they are right now. But, like, if they did, like, how would that, how would that work? He just wouldn't play in Game 7 because he was you know, unvaccinated, so the whole mandate, the the rules of the mandate were a bit weird, but I'm glad that is over now, and Kyrie will be able to be a full participant, but let's transition, let's talk about, like I said, I talked about Miami Heat briefly, and I want to talk about them for a different reason, so Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra, so Jimmy Butler being the star guard in Miami, Eric Spolstra being their head coach, um, who won championships with the LeBron-led Heat, um, they got into an altercation. So a coach and a player on the same team getting into an altercation. Who would have thought, right? Um, now this story, as I was reading it, was kind of bizarre. I went back and watched some of the footage. So Miami was hosting Golden State Wednesday night um, in their building in Miami. Now be mindful, Golden State is playing without Steph Curry, but in this game they also were playing without Draymond and Klay Thompson and one other rotational oh Andre Godala who's been out for a while but you know their big four their original championship four um they didn't play so Golden State the long and short of it Golden State went on a pretty deep run within that third quarter um allegedly Jimmy Butler was late on one of their rotations and did let up a pretty much an open three because he was late on the rotation and that's how this whole thing kind of got started so According to the, I'm, I have the Yahoo Sports article pulled up. It says things actually got so bad during the Miami Heat's 118, 104 loss to the Golden State Warriors that Udonis Haslam and Coach Eric Spolstra had to be held back from star Jimmy Butler on the bench 
during a time out. So apparently, like words were exchanged between Eric Spolster and Jimmy Butler, and Eric Spolster basically says he's like, "What? You think I'm gonna like bleep and fight you?" And words were exchanged again. Udonis Haslam steps in and is basically like telling Jimmy Butler. He's talking to Jimmy Butler. He's like, "Yo, I'll beat your, you know what?" Like, and people are like, "What in the world is happening here?" Like, you see players on the bench like. How did this turn into what it just turned into? So, um, you know, Haslam was, according to the article, says Haslam was actually so upset about the incident, he remained outside of the huddle during their next time out. Apparently, he was seething. Um, quote from him, he says, there was pretty, pretty clear, or quote from, excuse me, Eric Spolstra. It was pretty clear we have a competitive gnarly group and we were getting our you-know-what's kicked for two straight games. We're not playing to the level that we wanted to play and virtually every single person in the huddle was pretty animated about our disappointment in how we were playing um says based off based on how the third quarter went for miami it's easy to see why tensions were kind of high like i said i mentioned earlier in the show miami could potentially beat brooklyn in round one i mean if they're not on the same page like them beating brooklyn even though they're the number one seed and brooklyn would be a potential eight seed with Ky- with kyrie irving and KD, like KD and kyrie offensively can beat anybody you put put them against any duo in the NBA, and they're more than likely going to outscore them. We just saw it Wednesday night. If you watch that that uh, Memphis Grizzlies game, they did lose that game, but Kyrie had like forty five points. Katie had like thirty six or something like that. So I mean, like they can drop buckets with anybody. Um, Brooklyn isn't great defensively, however. They're ranked twenty third overall in def- in um, in defensive rating in the league, which isn't great. But if Ben Simmons, like I mentioned earlier, Ben Simmons plays, Miami more than likely will get upset by the Brooklyn Nets. And that's not really an upset because Brooklyn is only in their position because of the injuries and the vaccine mandate that they've had. If KD and Kyrie were healthy all year, I mean, when they were healthy, they were number one in the Eastern Conference before KD went down with his pretty significant injury. Um, But if Ben Simmons plays, Miami more than likely, like I will say if Ben Simmons plays, Miami's getting upset in the first round. If Ben Simmons does not play in that first round matchup, if they end up do meeting, this is hypothetical, I still would give a slight edge to Brooklyn. I think it'd probably end up being a six or seven, more than likely a seven game series. But if Ben Simmons, play, ben Simmons plays, I think Brooklyn could definitively beat Miami in six games. But that's and that's no shade to Miami. Like they play hard, they play really hard actually. They've got a pretty solid team. You know, Kyle Lowry and uh, Tyler Heroes. Pretty much got six man of the year locked up. Like Tyler Hero's been balling out. Duncan Robinson, it's kind of had a down season, but and, you know, decent in stretches. And then Bam Adebayo, their star all star big man. So obviously they got a shot to beat Brooklyn, but I think it'd be pretty tough. Now this is all hypothetical. There's still plenty of movement in the Eastern Conference standing so far. Like you've got you know Milwaukee's not far behind from that one seed. Philly's not far behind from that one seed. You have that seven, eight, nine matchups or seven, eight, nine rankings kind of teeter tottering. So nine game, nine and ten games left. The possibilities for matchups are still somewhat endless. But I'm interested to see what will happen. But let's transition a little bit. I got to talk about who I've talked about multiple times on the show before. I got to talk about Zion Williamson. But before I talk about Zion Williamson, I do need to talk about leather brains. Now, a lot has happened so far this NFL NFL offseason. Excuse me. Tom Brady's retired, and then he unretired. Aaron Rodgers signed a huge contract. Von Miller signed a huge contract. And the Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins. 
and then he signed a huge contract. So if you want to keep up with all things NFL, then you have to tune in to Leather Brains. Leather Brains is a fantasy football podcast hosted by two of my buddies from high school, Matthew Scotty Holtmeyer and Hunter Slapdog Amoruso. Now these dudes are hilarious, entertaining, and really do provide some valuable insight in all things fantasy football. Tune into Leather Brains on YouTube or your favorite podcast app by searching Leather Brains with a Z, and be sure to follow them on Twitter at Leather Brains. Now let's get into some Zion Williamson news. So Zion Williamson, unfortunately, is done for the season, which we kind of expected at this point because the regular season only has a couple weeks left. Like I said, there's about 10, 9, 10 games left in the regular season. But unfortunately, Zion Williamson will be done for the season. He's been out all year with a foot injury. You know, it was announced in September that he had a foot injury and was more than... They said he was going to be good to go for the uh, opening night in October, but then, like, they said he had a setback, and he wasn't. The Pelicans, ever since they drafted Zion, have been very, very cautious with him. Ever, Like I said, ever since they drafted him, they have taken his rehabs and injuries under a microscope and been very, very careful, which, understandably so. I mean, if this is your, you know, your franchise-changing player, especially after losing Anthony Davis, I get it. I get them wanting to take their rehab, or his rehab, slow, but... Basically, if he's had any little setback, like I said, they take the safe route and they shut him down. Um, Well, it came out just the other day that Zion Williamson was going to be out for the season. Like, he wasn't going to play at all this year. But right after that, not long after that, Zion Williamson posted a clip on his Instagram of him dunking. And we're not talking just like a, you know, a rim grazer dunk or, you know, just a a 52k overall dunk this was a off the backboard between the legs dunk which it looks like he almost dented the court that he was on but that's a story for another day but that was a serious serious dunk so i was kind of perplexed by that i was like okay he's out for the season but he's doing under the leg dunks off the backboard so kind of weird i mean i i have the uh, espn article pulled up here where it basically talks about um, how Zion Williamson has gotten back to one-on-one. Now, Coach Willie Green has said, as far as right now, the update is that he is still out indefinitely. We're still working being fully healthy, which he is not, but he's getting there. We'll update you guys at that point if we get to that point. The article basically goes on to talk about how it was announced, like I just mentioned in September, that he had suffered a fracture in his foot, and then he suffered numerous setbacks. He was close to making a return in December, and then he was set to undergo his first practice on December 2nd, but the Pelicans held him back again, and they dialed back his progression. December 11th, they dialed back his progression even more. In January, he temporarily left the team to continue rehab in Portland before returning earlier this month. So he's been gone from the team since January. So the whole thing just kind of seems a bit off. It seems a bit weird. I mean, I've talked about it in earlier shows, and it, it's kind of, you know, been rumored, and there's been rumblings out there that basically Zion's, Zion's relationship with the Pelicans isn't the best, which, I mean, I, that wouldn't surprise me based off what's happened with, you know, his injury. If he's basically, if he's getting shut down, but he feels he's healthy, like, I can see how that could cause a bit of a rift with between him and the organization. Now, I don't know if Zion Williamson wants to leave New Orleans. That's heavily rumored that he would prefer to be somewhere else like a larger market you know they talk about that on tv all the time and 
you know, sources say he, you know, doesn't want to sign a long-term deal. He'll be eligible this summer to sign probably a max extension if New Orleans is willing to give it to him, which they more than likely will. But then again, he's only played 85 games in three seasons. He was, you know, he played 24 games as a rookie, and then he, you know, missed a bunch of time last year as well. So, like, I don't know, man. It just, I don't know if I would be... He has the talent. He has, like, match extension talent. Don't get me wrong. But with the injuries and the situation that's happened with New Orleans and organization, it the whole situation just seems a bit weird, in my opinion. So, best of luck to Zion Williamson, like I have said before on a few other shows, a few other previous shows. Um, but he's not going to play this season, but he's doing under-the-leg dunks. So, do with that information what you will. But before we wrap up the show, um, I got to give some more love to college basketball. The NCAA National Tournament, a.k.a. March Madness, has gone on. And madness, it has been indeed. There has been a lot that happened this year that made the games really, really entertaining. So I pretty much watched as many games as I could last week. Obviously, you know, there's like three or four games going on at a time. So I had my iPad here, I had my Mac here, I had the TV going, I had my phone on a game, so like, you know, kind of keeping track of all of them at the same time. It's it's fun. It's what makes it entertaining. So, the Sweet 16 starts today, Thursday night, you know, it'll be, you know, Friday when you're listening to this. So, we'll have already had the first four games of the Sweet 16 and then the next four games will be today when you are listening to this. So, let's talk about some of the upsets. Let's talk about some of the games to watch. Um, for the Sweet 16. So, biggest upset, obviously the biggest upset that we have to discuss, St. Peter's, the 15th seeded St. Peter's beat the University of Kentucky. Kentucky was a huge title favorite. St. Peter's, um, I picked them. That was an upset I picked. Now I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. I definitely did not pick St. Peter's. Like, I didn't even know where St. Peter's was before this NCAA tournament. Apparently, it's in New Jersey, and they have like two buildings. So, University of Nebraska at Omaha is bigger than that, which is insane. But they beat Kentucky in the first round, so pretty much busting everybody's bracket. And then they beat Murray State, John Morant's former school, um, in the second round, the round of 32. So they will be playing Purdue in the Sweet 16. I don't know if they play Thursday or Friday, tomorrow's game. But I know they're playing Purdue, which Purdue is a three seed, and Purdue is Pretty good from what I have been told. Um, other upsets that you had, you had the 11 seeded Michigan State, or excuse me, 11 seeded Michigan beating Colorado State and then beating a heavy title favorite Tennessee in the round of 32. You had the U, you had Miami beating Auburn. I know Auburn was a, a title pick for quite a few people. Bruce Pearl had those guys playing some pretty good basketball, but unfortunately they lost in the round of 32. Um, and then you had Iowa State. Barring much better than their in-state rivals, Iowa, which I don't know why I picked them. But Iowa State beat Wisconsin in the round of 32, another title favorite for a lot of people. So quite a few upsets. Um, it was really, really, really fun to see. I mean, I've got a, my main bracket. I picked, like I said last week, I picked Arizona to win the chip, which they're still in. Arizona's still in it. Um, I, I think my title game is Arizona-Gonzaga, which Gonzaga's still in it as well. So I've got a shot to pick the title game correctly. Don't feel confident about it, but i got a shot to keep it there. So with that being the case, um, the games to watch, or I think the games that have the most intrigue for this Sweet 16, 
Um, like I mentioned, Purdue and St. Peter's. Is the Cinderella run going to go into the Elite Eight, or is Purdue going to put a stop to this Cinderella run? Um, Purdue has a really good, really good big man from what a buddy of mine told me. Um, I didn't catch a, all of the games that Purdue played last weekend. Um, but it's expected that they're going to beat St. Peter's, but who knows? I mean, St. Peter's, one of their players actually signed an NIL deal, a name, image, and likeness deal with Buffalo Wild Wings. So, brother's getting paid. Do you, bro? I love to, I love to see a brother get paid. Like, I ain't mad at you at all. But Purdue and St. Peter's, uh, that's the one that I, I would look out for. I would also look out for that Michigan and Villanova game. I think that one's going to be pretty interesting as well. Jawan Howard. Uh, what a what a turnaround! Like from the incident that happened, you know, with the uh, with the coach, and where he you know struck one of the assistant coaches on the opposing team. I can't remember what team it was, um, but to them, to getting them to well, to them almost missing the tournament. Like there was a a very good chance they they weren't going to get selected, and they did. Um, to them going to the Sweet 16, I would say that is a pretty impressive turnaround in a short span. So I'll be looking forward to that game. Um, arguably, that'll be one of the games I'm looking forward to the most. But then I was looking at the at the matchup. So if Duke and UNC, University of North Carolina, if they both make it out of this weekend, they would play in the Final Four. Now, obviously, this is Coach K's last season. So how incredible would that be if we got one more Duke and North Carolina matchup in the Final Four of all games? Now, with this being Coach K's last season, if they were to lose that game to North Carolina, that'd be a heck of a way to go out. But I really hope that that happens. As a Duke fan, I mean, obviously, I want them to win the championship. I didn't pick them because I didn't think that they, I mean, I didn't think they had the right mentality. I didn't think they had the best team. But I will admit they have showed championship heart so far these first two games um, in the NCAA tournament. So they have definitely surprised me. Um, they have definitely showed you know that grit and bounce back mentality. Coach K got them playing some really good basketball over these first two games. Um, so shout out to Duke. They definitely have surprised me. But I would love to see that. Who wouldn't love to see one more Duke-UNC game? Arguably the greatest rivalry in sports of all time. One of the greatest rivalries in sports of all time. Um, could be a Final Four matchup. We shall see. But the last thing that I want to talk about, obviously I got to talk about this weekend's marquee matchup. So if you remember from last week, we had three games on the docket like we always do, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Last week's games were Suns and Bulls, Mavs and Hornets, and Grizzlies and Rockets. So two out of the three I picked correctly. I did pick the Suns beating the Bulls. I also picked the Grizzlies beating the Rockets, which I was at that game cheering for the Rockets because they're the hometown team. I mean, here in Houston, but... Man, the Rockets are awful. But anyway, I digress. Um, I incorrectly picked the Mavericks beating the Hornets. The Hornets did win that game. I believe that was at home in Charlotte. But this weekend, three more games. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday's game, I've got the Philadelphia 76ers and the Los Angeles Clippers. I'm going to take the Sixers in that one, beating the Clippers. Um, Saturday's game excuse me, will be San Antonio Spurs and the New Orleans Pelicans. This one's got some ramifications. Now, the Spurs are, I believe, a game and a half back from the Pelicans. A game and a half or two and a half games back. I have to double check. Actually, you know what? Let me pull that up right now. They are, yeah, a game and a half back from the New Orleans Pelicans. So that'll be a big one. If we can, we, as in San Antonio, Spurs faithful, go Spurs go. Um, If we can win that one, We'll have a good shot at making the play-in. Obviously, there's about 9, 10 games left. 
hopefully, like, I, that's all I'm asking for. All I'm asking for is play-in. Like, we don't have to win the play-in game. Like, just make it, and we'll be good. Um, but Spurs-Pelicans, that's a Saturday game. I got the Spurs winning that one. Obviously, I'm not going to pick against the Spurs. Um, and then Sunday's game is the Celtics and the Timberwolves, which this one should be a pretty good one. The Minnesota Timberwolves um, have played some really solid basketball, 42-32. and 32. Um, they have surprised a whole heck of a lot of people pretty much solidly in that seven spot. Unless they go on a crazy losing streak, which I doubt they will. They're about six games ahead of the Clippers in that seven, excuse me, that seven, eight. So, um, but the Celtics, arguably the best team in the NBA right now, um, with their defense, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum are playing phenomenal basketball. Um, I'm going to go with the Celtics to beat the Timberwolves this Sunday, Hopefully that game's on national TV. I would love to be able to watch that one because it should be pretty good. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the show I have for you folks today. Um, as I always say every week, if you're on YouTube, like, share, subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or, or wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe, comment, like, all that good stuff. I hope you have an amazing weekend. I know I will watch some incredible basketball, be hanging out with family and friends and all that good stuff. Uh, but stay safe. Do all the things you want to do, but do it safely. But I will see you next Friday for my March recap. That will be the last recap of this NBA season. I feel like it was just a couple weeks ago when the NBA season started and I started season two. But um, like I said, hope you have a wonderful weekend. Can't wait to see you next week. Take care. Peace.